Hi, this is Chris Nessie from the House of EdTech podcast. Welcome to the Google Teacher Podcast Archive. I used to produce and edit the Google Teacher Podcast, hosted by Matt Miller and Casey Bell. You can enjoy the podcast once again, and be sure to visit the new website, chrisnessy.com slash googleteacherpod. Please note that any of the show note links mentioned in the episodes are no longer valid, but if you go to chrisnessy.com, dot com slash Google Teacher Pod, you can search the archive and check out the show notes for each and every episode of the Google Teacher Podcast. Thank you for your continued support, and may the Googles be with you. Hey, what's going on, Google Teacher Tribe Podcast listeners? It is producer Chris Nessie coming at you once again to talk about hashtag Tripod. If you didn't check it out last week, hey, head over to social media and search up hashtag T-R-Y-P-O-D and see what you can discover in the world of podcasting, both in education and in all sorts of other things you might want to listen to. And maybe you'll find things you don't want to listen to, but that's okay. People are promoting their podcasts, and more importantly, listeners are sharing the great podcasts that they enjoy as well. So why don't you do that when you're done with this episode of the Google Teacher Tribe Podcast? Thanks for listening, and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Google Teacher Tribe Podcast, your source for the latest news on Google for education, tips, tricks, and teaching ideas you can use in class tomorrow. Here are your hosts, Matt Miller from DitchThatTextbook.com and Casey Bell from ShakeUpLearning.com. So where in the world is the Google Teacher Tribe? We mentioned on an episode not too long ago that we thought maybe somebody might jump onto my maps and create one of those custom maps where people can drop a pin where they are. And guess what? We now have a my map of where some of the Google Teacher Tribe is. So thanks. A uh, big shout out to Catherine Laster, who created this for us. And it's been fun to see some of these pins already on this um, on this my maps map. So we're we're kind of far flung, aren't we, Casey? We are. So it was pretty interesting. I knew as soon as we said it, somebody out there would do it because that's how awesome the tribe is. But it is very interesting to take a peek and see where everybody's coming from. You know, we read a lot of the feedback. We know we have listeners all over the world, but to see it come together on a map, I think is what super exciting. Yes. So I think this needs to go on the website. What do you think? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's a no brainer. Absolutely. And if you're listening to this, I would love to see that. Yeah, yeah. And if you're listening to this and you have not dropped your pin on the map, then definitely head over to googleteachertribe.com slash 47, and we will have a link where you can add yourself to our map, and we'll be able to watch our pins continue to grow. And right now, we've got pins as far north as North Dakota with Craig Nansen, and as far south as someplace in Texas. Looks like Mm. it's a Houston area something like that. Nope, it's Austin. That's what it is with uh, Kimberly. And we go as far east as 
the Philadelphia suburbs with Beth. And then, of course, we do already have one international one that checked in. We've got someone named Matthew who's all the way out in Istanbul, assuming that Matthew really does live in Istanbul. And he actually dropped it and didn't just put that in there. So so if that's the case, then hello all the way over in Turkey to Matthew. So if you haven't dropped your pin, definitely head over to the to the website and, and give it a shot. Yeah, we're we're not dropping a, a bitmoji today. We're dropping a pin. Yep. And thank you so much, Catherine. Laster is a colleague of mine. Uh, we work together and she is a, a colleague at Region 10 Education Service Center in Richardson, Texas. So thank you, Catherine, for quickly putting this together for us. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's about time to do one of these like episode things that we do. What do, what do we got today, Casey? I don't know. What is it that we do, Matt? I don't know. We talk, <laughs> I to wonder. Our, we talk to our microphones and for some reason people listen to it. <laughs> we chat. We have fun. No, we do have a really interesting episode for you today. We're going to take a deep dive into Google Drive. We have had some interesting updates and feel like it deserves its own episode. Everybody uses Drive for various reasons and you know, there's a lot of little things that have been popping up and something pretty cool was is coming our way. So we thought, why not? Let's take a deep dive and talk about some of these things. So we've got that. We've got some fabulous Google News and updates. And of course, the mailbag and feedback from listeners just like you and a couple of things from the blogosphere. So you ready to get this done? Let's do it. So we've got some Google news and updates for you as usual. And to kick it off, we have some more menu and toolbar updates. Google has been kind of like reshuffling all of these uh, menus and toolbars, moving things around, um, presumably to places where um, they're going to get more visibility and the more used things get a little bit easier to access and all of that. So We've got a couple of changes. One of them comes in Google Docs and Google Slides. Now in the format menu, our text formatting up options like bold, italics, font size, and everything are going into a text submenu, which isn't the way that it was before. So uh, Google Slides, the table menu is going to be totally taken out. And so the options to add or remove a table are going in the insert menu. And in the slide menu, we're going to have four options for moving slides uh, as well as in the arrange menu, align horizontally and align vertically are going into a new align submenu. So if you go check out Google Slides, and if you haven't looked at the menus recently, there are a couple of changes there. And then in Google Docs, and the toolbar text color and highlight color are going to be split into separate controls. Um, we're going to have a new option for insert image. And then the table menu will be removed also in Google Docs also. So we've got a couple of things here that are moving around. So if you see something that is in a different place, that is no surprise. That's that's done on purpose. Yes. And you know what? I keep noticing things by accident. I don't know about you or not by accident, but just as I'm wor working, I'm like, Oh, that's different. Oh, that's, it's like they, they, they're just sneaking all of these little changes in. And, you know, we talked, we've already talked about some of them, but I have even noticed that the chat feature will now leave a message. If someone has tried to chat you in a document, you know, before you had to be in the document or you kind of missed it. Mm -hmm. I hadn't noticed that. That's, that's kind of cool and, though. Yeah. And I had a notification. It was like, there was a little, um, 
I forgot icon over the the people in the document. I was like, what's that? And so I had a message where someone had been in the document and been typing in the chat. And so I thought that was kind of interesting. Also noticed as I was working that they have moved out the highlight tool. So I, I don't know about you, but it used to drive me crazy when I would try to change colors and forget if I was on the highlight tab versus the the font color tab. Uh-huh. You know what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, yes, absolutely. And so now they're separated. And I I, I love that. That's that's faster way to, to highlight for me. So yeah, yeah. So these things have just sort of been like, I think, feel like they're just like doing things to sneak it in and see if we notice, you know, what's, <laughs> what's different. But right. It, but it's definitely an improvement. I think I think things are, are, are working well. Now, we also have something very interesting coming to the um, doc sheets and slides platform. So they are getting this thing called an activity dashboard. And what it's going to do is it's going to let users with edit access see who has viewed the file and when they viewed it. Interesting. Right. Yes. So what, if you're like, I shared it and did they do it? Did they read it? What did they, you know, like, so this is some accountability. Mm-hmm. And so it will show you who it's been shared with. You can see all the viewers as well. Um, so I'm curious if that's going to have some stipulations for public documents. You know how you oh, right. usually get the anonymous animals and things like that. But mm-hmm. this is brand new. So we are learning with you here, but the, you will be able to do this. And as an admin in the panel, you can actually determine whether the viewing data from your organization's users is going to be shown in this dashboard. So you're going to be able to sort of control that. And and what they view um, from from the settings standpoint. So I think this is going to be extremely useful. So when you want to sort of know what's going on, who's done what, um, being able to see that, and so editors can now see your viewing history. So it, you know it's sort of like who who's been looking at my stuff, right? You know? <laughs> uh, but that's a good thing. So uh, if your domain happens to be on the rapid release track, you should see it before March 21st. And if you're on scheduled, you should see it by uh, April 9th. So so right now, I only see this in concept. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it is nice to have some statistics and some some data. I know sometimes Google isn't totally forthcoming with a lot of data on the things that we do. So it's nice to, to have that option. And then the last thing in our news and updates is that Google has been celebrating women's voices around the world on International Women's Day. And they say that the world has searched for the term gender equality more than ever before. And so to commemorate all of that, they've got some interactive Google Doodles that highlight the voices of 12 artists from around the world. So we've got that. Then there's also a new attribute in Google Maps and Google Search that lets you know if a business is women-led. And so there's a little icon that, that goes in there that you may start to notice. And then they've also got a variety of other things that you can do to celebrate International Women's Day. So you've got, you know, like the ability to explore some of the top search trends around women. There's a link to that at g.co slash women's day. Um, you can even ask your Google Assistant to tell me inspiring quotes from women. And so there's a variety of things here. So um, this is this is really interesting stuff and uh, nice to see Google taking a step in this direction. 
Absolutely. There are some some great resources here. And I believe by the time you're actually listening to this, the National International Women's Day will be over. But hey, I'm all about the female uh, initiative here, right? And Matt's channeling his inner woman. I can just feel it. <laughs> I am, huh? <laughs> Jimmy Matt. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No. no, I'm just kidding. But but these are still great resources and a, a great way to sort of, you know, highlight some of, some of the things that are important to uh, women's voices around the world. So definitely like that. Okay, y'all, let's take a deep dive into Google Drive. And to kick things off, it's another update. And so we we saved this one for our featured content because it is related to Google Drive and sort of driving. Pun, uh, if you I see will. what you just did there. <laughs> our content. Yeah, like I need the little like drum thing in the background. See, I can't even think of the right word. Yeah, thank you. I need mm-hmm, a button mm-hmm. that does that. We're going to work on that. So, no, what we have coming in Google Drive is pretty awesome. So similar to what we got in Doc Sheets and Slides, where we're going to get that activity dashboard, we're actually going to get more information and shared with me. So if you go to our show notes at googleteachertribe.com slash 47, you can see a screenshot so that you can see what this is, is going to look like. It's coming in the next couple of weeks, but uh, by the time you listen to it, we will be even closer. But you will be able to see exactly who shared what. So at the top under quick access, you know, we've got that machine learning that's now built into Drive, sort of trying to predict the things that we need to work on and look at. And it will show us the name of the person and the files that they have shared with us. So I think that's going to help streamline that process so much more. The shared with me situation, let's just put it this way, has been has been confusing users for years. It's a great feature being able to share, obviously, but a lot of people don't understand how it works inside Google Drive. And I get this question a lot. Teachers want to clean up shared with me. They want, they want to organize it because that's what we do. We organize and we make pretty labels and folders. Right. <laughs> but, but with the shared with me, you have to think of it a little bit differently. Shared with me is essentially a filter. And what it's doing is it's filtering content that has been shared with you, meaning it's not yours. It belongs to somebody else. If you delete it from shared with me, it's not going to delete it from theirs but you're not going to see it in the same place anymore. So I just encourage people just to leave shared with me alone. And if you want to add it to your drive, use the special little add to my drive button. And that's where you can organize. So when you select the document or the file or you open it at the top, you'll see the little drive with the plus sign. And that's your icon to add it to your drive. So when it's in your drive, then you get to do with whatever you want. You get to make your folders and organize everything and and make it pretty. So just a common question that I get, especially with new users. And so that's how I tend to explain it is just to think of it like a filter and not a folder. Mm -hmm. People think it's a folder and they want to stuff that is folder like. Mm -hmm. So just kind of leave it alone. But I think this new interface that we're going to see popping up and helping us understand who shared what, because a lot of times when you're looking for things, you're like, I can't even remember what the name of it was. Somebody shared something. So this is going to help you, I think, find things faster in your drive. Yeah, I I would agree with that. And I'm with Casey on this. I think shared with me in some ways has been kind of a hot mess for teachers. And I know that Google Classroom has has 
helped that out a lot. I still remember the days when students would share things with you and you had to go digging through all of your shared things and it was just you know, totally, totally a mess. But um, this this does kind of make things a little bit easier. And the ability to see, you know, who's been accessing what, who's been viewing what is nice. Um, but I also hope that we'll, we'll take it with a grain of salt too. Um, it's kind of like that old saying of, you know, I taught it, so they must have learned it. Uh, you know, because somebody has has opened, has access to file doesn't necessarily mean that they've read the contents of it or that they've um, digested it or anything. So, um, you know, hopefully as we start to use this, we won't, it, we'll, we'll use it for what it really means. It's just that this file has been opened and it doesn't necessarily mean that learning has happened or that reading has happened. But, um, but being able to see all of that, it, I think is really going to be a, a nice feature. I'm with you. I think this feature is more for the adults than the kids. Right. (laughs) But but I do think it will help. Um, Google Classroom does solve a lot of those problems, but of course things get shared through Classroom too. So this will also connect back to to those types of of files. But yeah, a lot of times it's it's the adults (laughs) causing some of our our organizational problems in Google Drive. So something else that I've noticed people asking questions about is when you're in your drive, on the left-hand side, you see my drive, you might see team drives, and we can come back and talk about team drives a little bit too. But there's also something called computers. And I've been walking around in a training before and her teachers, what's this? Computers? (laughs) And they get all, what? You know, what does this mean? And this is crazy. (laughs) So let's let's take a step back. And explain what this means. So you may remember several months ago when everybody had the freak out that there was some blog post that said Google Drive is going right. away. Shame on them. Shame <laughs> on them. Sorry, I just had to get that out. Many of us were putting out fires. I know I was answering questions on Twitter and it was really just a poorly worded blog post that caused all of the issues. Google Drive, the web-based tool you know and love, didn't go away. It was the the tool that you install on your desktop to back up your files to your drive cloud that was changing. And it wasn't even really going away, but it was, it was a big change. And it's now called Backup and Sync. And so when you click on computers, you should see the devices that you have set up to back up and sync. So that's the idea with where you see computers. Now, I will tell you, I do use Backup and Sync, and mine's not listed. So I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's not working properly or what, but Backup and Sync is working, and it is in this account. So if anybody happens to know what might be going on or if you see that, I don't know if it's just buggy or or what, but Backup and Sync saves me because I do a lot of other types of files um, on my computer that are not necessarily in my drive, and I just want to store them because, hey, we got unlimited storage Mm -hmm. In, in our G Suite for Education accounts. So a very handy little tool here. And I'll be sure and add a link so that you can learn about backup and sync as well. Yeah, no, that, yeah, that is, that is really nice. And when you've got things available all over the place, that is kind of one of the, the nice features about Google is that you can pretty much access things wherever you need them is, it's pretty nice. So, uh, you know, since we're doing this deep dive into Google Drive, I've got to touch on one of my favorite 
things to uh, to mention when it comes to Google and just using technology in the classroom, and that is keyboard shortcuts. I do love me a good keyboard what? shortcut. I know, I know. I had no idea yeah. that you liked keyboard Surprise. shortcuts. And, you know, within Drive, a lot of times I don't think we think about using keyboard shortcuts, but we can continue to save those seconds every once in a while by using some of them. And so, we have a link to all of the Google Drive keyboard shortcuts uh, in the show notes. And as I was looking down through them, there are a lot of them that I didn't realize were there. And there are so many of them that I've, I've wondered, what if I switch over to my Google Drive and I just start mashing on keys? Like, what, what would that do to my Google Drive? Because there are so many keyboard shortcuts that you can use. So um, I'll, let you, I'll let you guys know if I decide to do that. But not not planning on it right now but i did want to list a couple of them that i thought were especially useful probably the top one is that you can use the period key or the dot key or whatever you want to call it to share so if you click on a file in your google drive and you want to bring up the share menu just click that period key or sorry touch that uh push that period key and uh that will bring up the sharing window i my words are failing me right now <laughs> So um, that's that's definitely one worth checking out. Um, if you want to open up the activity pane or the details pane, there are keyboard shortcuts for both of those. So the activity pane to see what's been going on with your file, you can click I. I think of I like information. And then um, the details pane where you can see, you know, some of the specifics like when it was created and what kind of file it is and all of that is the D key. So you can use I for the activity D for details. And then finally, the last one I wanted to say was um, you can switch between grid view and list view because sometimes you want to see things in a grid where you've got all of the different tiles and then you've got the list where everything's just stacked top to bottom. And the way to switch that is with V, with the letter V. You hit that and it's going to flip-flop those two. So having some of those Google Drive keyboard shortcuts are nice. And I would even say Maybe just take one of those and start trying to integrate it in. I know the share one using the the dot, that's the one that I that I remember the most. And so maybe now I'm gonna pick out the grid and list view one and, and start trying to use that V a little bit more often. So so anyway, something we're thinking about. Oh, for sure. And you know, sometimes just trying to get your brain to think in terms of keyboard shortcuts, I feel like is a little transition in the way that you operate. And so, you know, I have sometimes just a little cheat sheet right next to me until, nice. as I'm yep. learning. But but yeah, the keyboard shortcuts are just a, a fantastic way to really help your productivity. And I think that's useful for anybody. In fact, you know, I would say this episode since we're, we're really venturing a little bit away from classroom application, but everybody uses this, so it can be used in the classroom. But this is also going to help all of the other people that you work with in your school. So these are great tips for your your office administrators, you know, the school secretary, the the people who are are all in the front office or in the administrator office, the principals, um, superintendents. These are all great tips, I think, that can help anyone who's using Google and not just teachers. So anyway, if you're since everybody uses Google Drive, pretty much, we thought this would be a good place for us to go. And of course, if you have your own important uh, things related to managing Google Drive or whatever, you feel free to shoot us a tweet over on the GT Tribe hashtag and we'll be, we'll be interested to see how all of you manage your Google Drives as well. 
All right. It is time to hear from you, Tribe. And Casey and I always love digging into the mailbag and seeing uh, what people are talking about, what kind of questions you all have. And the first thing I wanted to share, this comes from the GT Tribe hashtag out on Twitter. And this one actually comes from our very own Chris Nessie, who is the producer of the Google Teacher Tribe. And Chris, of course, has a fantastic podcast called The House of Ed Tech. And Chris is doing, as he has done on many occasions before, what he calls the the EdTech Final Four. And since you know March Madness is upon us, and the you know the college basketball national tournament is coming up, and everybody gets all crazy about it, and there are the brackets and and all of that, Chris does this with um, educational technology. And so he has his bracket going and it goes, you know, all the way down from the 64 teams, so to speak. But in this case, it's 64 different ed tech tools. And slowly they start weeding them out until we get down to the final four. And there are a handful of Google tools in it, like Google Keep and Google Classroom are both on the list. And then several other ones that integrate really well with Google as well. So it's always interesting to see how this turns out and how people vote. So if you haven't checked that out, there is a link to that in the show notes at googleteachertribe.com slash 47. That's so much fun. Of course, the the whole uh, bracketology is always a fun, fun one to play. But to put this twist on it is brilliant. And of course, you can go learn about some new tools. So yeah, some of your favorites are probably on there. But if you're looking for something new, looking for some new ideas, go check that out. Now, I have a share here from Whitney Hines, and Whitney actually shared a blog post with us that she did about doing book snaps in Google Slides. So we have mentioned book snaps, I think, on some previous episodes. Tara Martin is sort of the the brainchild behind the idea of doing book snaps, and sort of originated, I think, with Snapchat. But the idea of taking a picture of what you're reading, annotating, adding pictures, drop a bitmoji on it, whatever you want, and and share, you know, share your learning. So so what Whitney has put together here is is an idea of of just how to make this work inside Google Slides. And so she's got some examples. She's got step by step uh, tutorial here that will sort of walk you through it, but I think it's great. And, um, of course we realize, you know, Snapchat's not something you can really use in every classroom, but you can definitely have fun with this. And as a former language arts teacher, this can really spice up some of our silent sustained reading uh, assignments. I, I really would have loved this in my classroom. So go check it out. And of course we've got the link to everything in our show notes at googleteachertribe.com slash 47. The Google Teacher Tribe podcast is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. The Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. For more great education podcasts, go to edupodcastnetwork.com. Okay, folks, let's take a drive down the blogosphere lane. Blogosphere lane. Oh, that was good, Casey. Blogosphere. Yeah, that was pretty dang cheesy, even for me. So it just came out. I don't have any control. Instead of driving Miss Daisy, we could be driving (laughs) Miss Casey right now. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's about uh-huh. that's about uh-huh. right. So, <laughs> yeah, okay, enough of the cheese. But I, I do have a blog post that I wanted to share with you all. If you haven't seen it yet, I, I created the Four C's Learning Menu, and you know I'm a big fan of learning menus or choice boards, whatever you prefer to call them, and I think they're a really fun way to incorporate choice in the classroom. And I really w- started thinking about this and wanted to create something that addressed the four C's. And so I put this together as an example that's not so specific to a grade level or a subject area so that you can take the template and make it work for you. So there are two choices under each of the four C's. So communication, collaboration, critical thinking, and creativity. And yes, I dropped a bitmoji yeah. on these two, Matt. <laughs> But, you know, just to really help us find ways to reach these. And I don't know about you, but I always have a hard time thinking of the C's independently because they overlap so well together. I mean, it's pretty hard to not talk about communication when you're doing the other pieces. So you'll see naturally how these overlap. But if you're really struggling or if you're like me, where I'm kind of like, nobody ever gave me a textbook on how to cultivate creativity in my classroom. Like there was no like how to guide on this. And so trying to figure this out has always been a struggle. But I, so I wanted to put this together in a way that other teachers could use it. It's in a Google Slides template. You can go um, quickly make a copy of it. And I even made a little teacher's guide to help you figure out where you should replace the text and, and some ideas on, on how to use it. So um, go check that out. And of course, these ideas happen to be related to my book that is coming Yay. out very, very soon. In fact, even sooner by the time you're listening to this. So, um, so go check it out. And there is actually even on that page a free quick start guide to shake up learning. So if you want a taste of what's to come, go download the quick start guide. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I'm, I am pretty excited about a, this blog post, but definitely getting that book out too. So, um, so what I wanted to share today is a blog post that was written by Joe Marquez. And we had Joe on the show in episode 24. It was really one of my absolute favorite episodes that we've done, just some of the stuff that Joe was talking about. And uh, Joe just recently was at a conference that I was at and was doing this presentation about annotation. And sometimes we think of annotation as let's get a PDF and let's write and add text onto it. And sometimes annotation gets a bad rap because sometimes we like to take our old... Uh, sort of one-dimensional worksheets and make them digital and think that we've innovated. But what Joe does is... <laughs> real. Am I right? Can I get an amen on that one? Amen, brother. Right? Yeah. So what, what Joe has encouraged us to do is to not just annotate documents, not just mark them up, but to do what he calls hyper-annotating or redefining annotation. And basically, he talks about pulling in an article or some sort of text into Google Docs. And then there's a variety of these like seven or eight different things that you can do within the document to let kids engage with and get hands on with their with their text that they're reading and to be able to create on it and to kind of make sense of it. And I love all of these ideas that that he shared. Um, there's tons of them. And so you can definitely check that out at uh, Ditch That Textbook, where he's done a guest blog post for me. And again, the link to that is at googleteachertribe.com slash 47. 
So there you have it, folks. We've done a deep dive into Google Drive. You've got some newer features that you know a little bit more about. You've got some ideas of maybe how to use it differently. Um, We love getting connected with you. So again, if you've got Google Drive ideas or really just any ideas Google related at all, Uh, definitely shoot us a message over on the GT Tribe hashtag or head over to googleteachertribe.com and send us a message over there. We love, love, love getting connected with all of you. Yes, and, you know, if you have any other friends who haven't heard of the tribe, be sure to pass us along. We're always hoping to expand the tribe and that that map that we mentioned earlier. We want to see that populated. So so y'all keep the great ideas coming. We love it, and we love connecting with you. Thanks for listening. Yep, we will see you on the next episode. Bye, y'all. Thanks for listening to the Google Teacher Tribe podcast. Keep up with every new episode by subscribing on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, and by visiting googleteachertribe.com. Get in on the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag GTTribe. Until next time, keep harnessing the G Suite power, and may the Googles be with you. Thank you once again for listening to the Google Teacher Podcast Archive. For the latest on Matt Miller, be sure to visit his website, ditchthattextbook.com. For the latest on Casey Bell, be sure to visit her website, shakeuplearning.com. And to keep up with me and get the latest in education technology, be sure to visit my website, chrisnessy.com. And I invite you to listen to the House of EdTech Podcast.